Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now, here's Linda with this week's message. I know that worship was a little short tonight because I, I just feel like crying right now. I cried through typing the message for tonight today because of there's just a lot of hurt in this place and a lot of a lot of stuff and I know the Lord will free you. I know that it's his big plan for tonight. So that will happen. So worship was a little short because of the prayer tunnel. We want to have time for you to to go through the prayer tunnel tonight. For those of you who don't know what that is, we'll have a line of prayer team ministers, and they will stand facing each other. Dana, come stand facing me. And they'll stand facing each other, and then you'll have opportunity to walk through this line of prayer team ministers, and they'll pray for you. And when they do that, God will touch you, and it will make a tremendous difference in your life. So that's coming tonight, and we wanted to save time for that. But how many of you felt like I did, like worship was just getting started? Yeah, we need it. We need to that refreshing. And the corporate worship together as women is so beautiful. And um, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry it was a little short. I'm sorry for me, too. But we'll we'll move forward. The message tonight will help you. It's going to help. It'll help you. It helped me. So it'll help you. And then we'll have the prayer tunnel. And you will be changed. You'll be empowered. Um, God will do something good for you. We girls got to talk to our friends, you know. We have a lot of words to use up each day. <laughs> Supposedly 10,000. Not all of us. Yeah, some of us more. <laughs> well, tonight the, the, at the top of your outline, the message is entitled, Arise, let us go. We're arising. Arise, let us go. In just a moment, I'll read the scripture to you. That where the Lord said those very words to us. But I think we're going to start at the bottom. I think we're going to start at that quote where it says many Christians at the bottom of your outline. Have you found it? Okay, it says many Christians find themselves defeated by the most psychological weapon that Satan uses against them. This weapon has the effectiveness of a deadly missile. That's pretty, I mean, that's, that's big. Yeah. Its name, low self-esteem. Satan's greatest psychological weapon is a gut-level feeling of inferiority, inadequacy, and low self-worth. This feeling shackles many Christians in spite of their wonderful experiences and knowledge of God's word. 
although they understand their position as sons and daughters of God, they are tied up in knots, bound by a terrible feeling of inferiority and chained to a deep sense of worthlessness. Whoa! This said that we are tied up because of these feelings of inadequacy and worthlessness and low self-esteem. You see, when we don't know who we are in God, we are a target of lies of the enemy. And when he starts talking, we buy his lies, his lies hook, line, and sinker. What is that? Anybody fish? <laughs> but buying into what the, you'll see in a few moments, the prince of the air. I hate this awful title for Satan. If you did your questions from the April Hisley, then you found the scripture about Satan being called the prince of the air. He is the one who is, who is flying through the air, whispering lies in the ears of people. Yuck! Now, you might think that because you can't see him that he's not flying around your head. Tonight, when I got out of my car to come into his way, the wind was blowing. And although I couldn't see it at all, it made my hair just go wild. And so when I got in the kids' area, I went into the kids' little restroom and brushed my hair because the effects of that invisible force wrecked havoc with my hair. There is someone called the Prince of the Air. His name is Satan. And he is flying around, and he and his invisible forces trying to cause trouble for you, telling you lies, trying to make you feel ineffective and inadequate and worthless and hopeless and all kinds of other emotions that can get inflamed. And what does the Lord say to that? He said, arise, let us go. Okay, here's the scripture at the top. Jesus was talking, the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples, and he said, Now I have told you before it comes, and you can go to John 14. This is one of my very favorite chapters in the whole Bible. In fact, we sang a phrase out of it tonight in that song where we said, In my Father's house there is room for me. Because Jesus says in 14, John 14, 1, he says, In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But it is so, and I am coming again to receive you to myself. I recommend that you memorize this whole chapter, John 14. You can. Do you know there are people who have memorized almost the whole Bible? Do you know there are people, many people, who have memorized the whole Koran? Did you know that? Yeah, you've met some in India or the places where you travel. They've memorized this whole great big book of Islam. You can memorize scripture. Put your hand on your head. I can memorize scripture. 
In Jesus' name. Yeah, you can do this. Yes, you can. If you've ever said out loud, my memory doesn't work or I can't memorize, just repent quickly because you really can memorize. So I recommend memorizing John 14 and Romans 8 and Revelation 4. (laughs) It's three chapters enough to begin. Okay. All right. So you can find out what Jesus is referring to. When he says, now I have told you before it comes, you can go read it later and find out that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Then he said to his disciples, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. And this phrase, I circle it, it is starred in my Bible. The Lord said, he has nothing in me. Does Satan have anything in you? Are you sure? Well, you are so much more holy than me. Oh, God is still cleaning me out. I had a radical encounter just Saturday morning where God showed me stuff in my past that I had to get cleaned out. Satan still has places in me to poke. Oh, I'm asking God to get me completely cleaned out. But when I said, um, does Satan have anything in you? Most of you said no. Well, no. We, that's it, isn't it, Cheryl? We don't want him to have any place in us. When Jesus Christ comes into our lives and fills us up with his spirit, then hopefully we are becoming more and more like Jesus and conformed to his image, and not our own. Oh, what did I tell my pastor husband, my holy, godly husband today? I told him something, and he said, oh, my flesh wants to respond to that. What was that? (laughs) Even, even the giant, holy man of God, Tom Anderson, No, it was worse than ice cream. Okay, so Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing in me, but but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Okay, he just told him the prince of this world is coming, and then he told him, arise, get out of here. That is so wise. If the devil is hounding you, arise and get out of there. Whether it be your thoughts, whether it be a location, whether it be a um, conflict that you're having with someone, arise and get out of there. Jesus modeled it. I was counseling a, a man Um, a few days ago, and he, not by myself, there was a woman there too. Yeah, I wouldn't counsel a man by myself. I don't do that. It's not wise. 
So I was counseling him, and he told me he it was kind kind of an emergency um, meeting up because he had had four nights of horrible nightmares. And I said, okay, what happened to you right before the nightmare started? The nightmares were terrible about someone trying to kill him and chasing him the same every night. I said, what happened before the nightmare started? He said, I was in um, a place of mediating a terrible argument between two men who were, ha- who were fighting. I said, what did the atmosphere feel like? He said, it was evil. I said, so you were trying to mediate this terrible argument between two men, and the atmosphere felt evil. And he said, yeah, you know what it feels like when the atmosphere, when you just, it's tangible, you can feel that evil presence? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, so that's what it was like. And I said, well, did you, after you left that, that time of mediating, were you able to wash yourself off? He said, no, I didn't think of that. I said, you were in that place of extreme anger, that evil atmosphere. You walked out of there. How did you feel after that? He said, I just felt angry. He said, I just felt angry for days afterwards. And I said, you've got to wash off with the blood of the lamb, with the water of the word, the scripture, worship. You've got to wash off. Otherwise, that prince of the air stuff will stick to you. Have you ever been in a place where somebody was using a lot of glitter? Or maybe it's around Christmas time. And um, you are working with glitter. And pretty soon you go look in the mirror and you're sparkling all over the place. (laughs) The glitter got on you just because you were in the atmosphere of being around glitter. We all know that dust, we've talked about this, dust creeps in your house when you're not looking. It does. Even even when you're watching, it can creep in. There are creeping things. And unless we um, we arise and we see God and we seek God and we and we move away from those those things that try to stick on us. Um, we can start carrying them around and sharing them. Um, Sherry was telling me that there, there you are, there was, there was a measles outbreak. How long ago was that? Just last month. And the young man, young man at the University of Nevada who came down with the measles, I mean, it just, there, it was a hullabaloo. I mean, but they told, Sherry told me that they said that that virus could live two hours in the air. And so everybody was, ew, yeah. So everybody was getting shots and trying to um, make sure that getting shots, 
Were they getting shots? He had had a shot, and it didn't work. Okay. Well, the virus was hanging around in the air. The prince of the air. Yuck. Number one, if the devil is headed your way, arise from there. And wherever Jesus is is going, try to keep up with him. I love, this is one of my favorite Oswald Chambers from My Utmost with His Highest. And I just put an excerpt there for you at the beginning of our life with Jesus Christ. We are sure we knew all there was to know about following him. It was a delight to forsake everything else and to throw ourselves before him in a fearless statement of love. But now we are not quite so sure. Jesus is far ahead of us and is beginning to seem different and unfamiliar. Says Jesus was going ahead of the disciples and they were afraid. God is, um, you can't put him in a box. The passage of scripture that I want to read to you quickly from 1 Samuel chapter 5 is about a box. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. And this Ark of the Covenant was a holy box. It had holy things in it. It had the Ten Commandments in it. It was a holy box. And the people thought that the box would save them. <laughs> okay, First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 5. Let's start with a couple verses in four. Now, some of you will want to go deeper with this. And on the outline tonight, on the back of the outline, you are given questions about this amazing story found in 1 Samuel, so you can study more. Okay, the title at the top of chapter four says, The Ark of God captured the ark of God captured let's go to verse 3 when the people had come into the camp the elders of Israel said why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us that when it comes among us it may save us from the hand of our enemies The people of God, the Israelites, were looking to the Ark of the Covenant, this holy box that represented the presence of God to save them. Now, that was their first mistake. Instead of looking and calling out to the Lord God Almighty, they were looking to the Ark of the Covenant to save them. Now, the Ark of the Covenant had saved them in the past, They had taken this box with them into war, and they had been saved by the presence of God as represented by the Ark of the Covenant. But this time, and this is what God does, as soon as you start putting him in a box and trying to push buttons and say, God, perform this way, perform the way you did last time, do it the way I need want you to do it. He'll change it up. So the Ark of the Covenant 
They said that it would save them from their enemies. Verse 11. Also, the Ark of the Covenant was captured. Was captured by the Philistines. Let's go to verse, to chapter 5, verse 1. Then the Philistines who had captured the Ark of God brought it from, they brought it from the town to a different town. When the Philistines took the Ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Now, Dagon was their god. He was their idol. He was this um, stone um, thing that they had built where the head and the shoulders and the arms and the hands looked like a man, but the rest of the body looked like a fish, which I think is just really funny. (laughs) So they had this idol, and this idol was in this special place and they brought the ark of God and they put it with their idol Dagon. They were putting it in front of their idol kind of like as a trophy or a um, sacrifice to their idol, the ark of God. (laughs) Well, that night everybody went to bed And the idol fell over face down. Now, this is no little idol. This is a great big, huge thing that you can't move. I mean, nobody walked in there and pushed it. It was not pushable. So here's this great big idol, and they come in in the morning, and it's face down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) Bowing. So the people say, oh, my goodness, what happened? Look at this. How could this happen? And they're in an uproar. And they're all upset. And so they stand it back up. It probably took several men to stand the idol back up. And then they all went to bed again that night. And when they got up in the morning and they came to sacrifice to their idol, Dagon, It had fallen again, but this time its head had come off, its arms had come off. They were cut off. It doesn't say they were broken. They were cut off. And it was laying in pieces on the threshold of the place where they went to worship that false god. Well, they said, oh, no. Oh, no. This Ark of the Covenant this is really, God's really in there. We need to get rid of this thing. We're in big trouble. By the way, something really funny, well, not funny, but um, interesting that happened is it says in the scripture that they began to worship the threshold where the broken idol laid. (laughs) So now they're worshiping the threshold where the idol lay. Okay. They, they realize that they probably need to do something about the Ark of the Covenant. And so what do they do? They decide because of something that happened to them. And you know what? It Often when something happens to us, God starts getting our attention. Um, if you never had a problem, you'd never know that God could solve them. 
you know, we cry out for miracles. Well, you're asking for a problem. Because if you don't have a problem, then why do you need a miracle? Why do we sing so big about miracles? We need a miracle. Well, what's your problem? So you need problems so that God can solve them so that you're grateful and give them glory, right? So the people began to break out in tumors. They started having horrible tumors, growths on their bodies. And that made them even more willing to hurry up and get rid of the Ark of the Covenant. Tumors, those kinds of growths are a curse. You're not supposed to have tumors in your body. You're not supposed to have lumps or cysts or growths. And God is in the business of getting rid of those things. Many of you, many of you have had God just deliver you from some kind of lump or bump or haven't you? Who? Yeah, look at how many hands. So many of you have had God just deliver you from from some kind of growth that didn't belong in your body. The Philistines were struck with tumors. And so serious Bible students, I just want to give you a tidbit to go after. Here you go. It's just really quick and you'll catch it quickly. Um, What they did to get rid of these tumors, and they were having trouble with rats and tumors, which was just miserable. What they did to get rid of these rats and these tumors is they, they created five gold tumors, made them out of gold to represent the five rulers, the five regions of the Philistine territory made these five golden tumors And then they created five golden rats. And they put them in a box. And they sent them back with the Ark of the Covenant. Now, quickly, as I said, serious Bible students, let me ask you a question. Why would they create five gold tumors? And why did it work? Do you remember when Moses, when the people were being bit by the snake, Do you remember that they created a bronze snake and raised it up, and when the people looked at it, they were healed? Do you remember in the New Testament when Jesus Christ said, when I be lifted up like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you look to me and you'll be healed? Okay, go after it. Okay, one more clue. The scripture says that Jesus Christ became a curse for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin for us that we might become his righteousness. I think in making those five tumors and those golden rats, that what they were doing was they were saying, okay, the curse is now in these. There's more. 
But since the cross, oh, beloved sisters, since the cross, Jesus has taken our infirmities and our sicknesses. He has taken every curse off of us. If we can learn how to resist the prince of the power of the air who comes around and whispers to us that we don't have that kind of access or that we can't hear God or maybe we're just not good enough. If we can resist those kind of lies, as Jesus said, arise from here and flee. Oh, the victory and the relief It's time, it's really time to go deeper. (laughs) It really is. It's time. So I've given you a rope. Some people have told me that they have had a knot in their stomach. Some people have told me that they're worried sick about their kids. Sometimes I hear people tell me that they are frustrated no end with their finances. I hear all the time about the the knots <laughs> that are being tied that create crooked places and stuck places in people's lives. But you've come to his way. You've come to a place where God unties knots. You get in his presence and you start telling him that you're going to trust him and that you're going to um, believe him And pretty soon he gets the knots untied and life gets better. (laughs) Do you know where the knots are? Does God want to untie them? Do you have any more blanks on here you want to fill in before we go? Number three, the Ark of the Covenant was being treated as a lesser idol by the Philistines. Consequently, tumors appeared on those people because they did not respect Almighty God. I just want to encourage you, don't take holy things lightly. Several of you are having a really hard time listening tonight. We haven't had a a night with so much distraction at his way in a long time. Um, I wish I could interview. I wish I could walk around with the microphone and just say, tell me why you feel distracted and tell me um, what is hindering your attention tonight. Um, But I know what it is. Um, the prince of the air 
doesn't like this message. And so what he does is he comes around and he whispers stuff. And we look around and pay attention to what he's whispering. I mean, it could be comparison with somebody across the room. could be um, an offense with someone who is um, here who you're struggling with. It could be, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So before we go into this time of our prayer tunnel and Hopefully, you'll be willing and ready to have God wash you off of the things that have been bothering you. I want to give you a word from Chuck Pierce, and I've put it on your outline for tonight. Chuck Pierce is one of the primary prophets in our nation right now. In fact, he's a global prophet, and he's someone that Tom and I respect. On April 8th, he gave a word, and he said that there would be three months of offense in the air. He said that we were coming into a time when there would be three months to watch out about being offended. And I took him seriously. In fact, I took it so seriously, I put it on your outline, and I probably should read it to you quickly before we transition. Here it is. It's right under number four. Prophecy, danger, and warning not to be offended. You have got to shift your desires if you're going to come and accomplish what Father wants right now. What he told Peter is, you are being bent. Do you remember when the Lord told Peter, you will be sifted? You will be bent. And see, 2018 is about standing up straight. And the word offense means you're being bent over and stumbling at a key moment when you should be standing straight and standing strong. So there is a danger now and a warning not to be offended and not to be offended over the next three, I would have to say three months. Be careful that your offense is not aligned with some emotion that you've not dealt with. How do you get it off? How do you keep from letting offense come in? Well, you're here at his way. And I just want to help you commit to not giving in to the lies anymore. When I crossed over from that place and learned, when I crossed over from um, listening to my thoughts and being true to myself, what I thought was myself, when I crossed out of that place and came into a place of capturing every thought, and making it obey the word of God, the scripture. When I came into that place, I came into a place of freedom. And what God gave me, I believe that he wants to do for you quickly. Are you ready to have your minds washed? 
It's not a brainwashing. Let's take a moment and ask God and (laughs) let God know that we are willing. That we want our thinking changed. That we don't want to listen to the prince of the power of the air. that we want to walk in truth and that we want to be healed. Now, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill this place. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You who are holy. You who are righteous and perfect. You who in you there is no darkness at all. Holy Spirit. Come and wash us. And come and heal. Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I ask that those who have been offended and those who have given place to offense, oh God, they didn't know that this thing was trying to capture and snag them and I ask that you all that you will come and bring deliverance and not hold it against them oh God and that you will deliver every single one from offense thank you Lord thank you Lord (laughs) thanks Lord